Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another fascinating episode of Live on Purpose Radio. With me today is a friend and associate. This is Mr. Jeff Vanek. Hello, Jeff. Hello to all the radio podcast listeners out there. The Live on Purpose junkies. (laughs) Yes, we're we're having fun today. And this will be fun. Jeff, you just finished a book. It's called Somehow I Thought I Would Be Taller. Yes. In so many ways, that is true. (laughs) (laughs) At so many levels. And you know, I've heard that from you before when you've spoken. Um, This is kind of a theme that you carry with you you when you do keynotes or presentations. Somehow I thought I would be taller. And I love the way that that ties into our life, how we have these perceptions. And sometimes life doesn't quite meet up to our perceptions. And that can be disappointing, but it doesn't have to be bad news. Right. Uh, Definitely. We have ideas about what life is going to turn out to be. We have life's uh, ideas about how we will turn out to be, what kind Mm -hmm. of person we'll be, what we'll achieve, Mm -hmm. Uh, all those different things. Uh, It's at a physical level, obviously, in my case. Mm -hmm. It really is true. I I really did think I would be taller one day. <laughs> we'll put a picture on the blog. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. You and me. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll, you'll see, I, I'm a good good four inches shorter than the average American male. Mm. So most people are taller than me. Not mm-hmm. all. And if I go to other countries, then sometimes, depending on the country, I, I'm you know the average height of the male. But at least here yes. in America, where I grew up <laughs> and live, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely was a shorter one. And I'm the oldest in my family and the shorter one, except for my youngest sister, mm. barely taller than her. Barely taller than your <laughs> yes. youngest sister. Yes. Nice. So there was always this idea that somehow I'd be taller. And that then just carried over as I was thinking about life in general, obviously, and the metaphor uh-huh. that it is and, and how it expressed so well that idea of how there was things in life that we often think we want or are going to be, and maybe right. they just don't work out that way. Maybe we yeah. miss them completely. <laughs> right. And it's not always what we thought. Right. Or what we expected. And we have something to do with our outcomes. I think that's part of what you and I get to talk about today. Absolutely. But there's this whole other realm of things that we have zero control over, like our physical stature, for example, right? And that's why you started with this analogy. That is exactly right. So walk us through this a little bit, Jeff. You've learned some principles, haven't you? I've learned a few things. At least I like to think so. Uh I I like to think that I'm still growing, even if I'm Mm -hmm. not getting any taller, that, you know, I'm still growing. I hope till my last breath I'm growing Absolutely. So the principles that you've learned from thinking that you would have been taller. You know what that triggers for me first? And I've read your book. It's a fun read, by the way, because you've got this humor. 
And and folks, if you pick up Jeff's book, which I hope that you do, um, be ready for an intellectual fun ride. Maybe you should quote that, Jeff. An intellectual fun ride. You know, I like that. <laughs> I, I like that. I would hope it would be. I, it was about the only way I could be tall in my life was to intellectually yeah. grow. And so I, I went off on all kinds of ventures in life mm-hmm. trying to grow intellectually. Uh, whether that happened or not, I'm glad you liked the book. <laughs> so. Well, I did, and it and it got me thinking. And as I was thinking, I was having fun, and that's why I said it the way that I did. But um, there's there's this concept. Maybe we can start with this, Jeff. When you thought you'd be taller, I thought I'd be smarter. I thought I'd be better at something or this or that. I wish I were more like so-and-so. And then it, we get into this trap of of wishing or hoping or dreaming that we were someone else, someone that we're not. And it feels to me, and I think I read this in your book too, that you start from a place of accepting and embracing exactly who you are. Yeah, that's exactly right. I I think often we forget who we are. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, we seem to be our worst critics. Yeah, We seem to see ourselves in the worst light of anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our, our mothers hopefully love us. Hopefully we all had mothers who loved us, regardless. But at some point, uh, somewhere along life, it seems that many of us start to look at ourselves, and regardless of how much our mothers love us Mm -hmm. and tell us that we're we're the greatest, maybe we stop believing that because we see so many things about ourselves that we don't think other people are seeing. And maybe they do, and maybe they, they don't. The ironic part sometimes is sometimes they see that, and we don't realize it, and Mm -hmm. they still love us, but we see it. And we're not loving ourselves. Right. And it's like, oh, wow, what, what happened? How did we become so blind to this? And why, how did we become our worst critic? And mm-hmm. we're really not on this earth void of good things, regardless of who we are. Now, right. I, Hitler was an awful man, but he had a few good qualities. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go there too deeply because the metaphor will fall apart very quickly. And, and who wants to mm-hmm. you know, go that way? But the point is that... Um, most of us aren't Hitler, thank goodness, or Stalin, well, or somebody, or Jeff, some horrible if he dictator. Didn't, he wouldn't have convinced so many people to follow people him. People loved him. There were yeah. so many characteristics, and you're right. There are upsides and downsides to everything. You look at Hitler. There's some huge downsides, obviously, but obviously. there were some traits and characteristics and attributes that were true for him. And the German people loved him until he lost yes. the war. I mean, you lose a war, your country's going to get a little bit upset at you. Mm. Yeah, and then they're going to find out all those nasty, horrible things you did when you were, you know, they're conducting right. your war, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, so gloss over those a little bit. But no, but there were there. But the point is that most of us, thank goodness, aren't horrible dictators who are mm-hmm. um, leading our country into you know horrible wars and killing millions and millions of people. Right. Uh, most of us are so far from that, and we we don't see that. We don't see how good we really are. How many good things there are about us. And if we do see some of those good things, the, in, the other interesting thing is oftentimes we think, well, uh, but so-and-so, we do that comparison game. Mm-hmm. So-and-so mm-hmm. is so much better at it than me. Or they're, uh, yes, I have a little bit of that quality, but so-and-so has more of it. And they're just better at it than me. Mm-hmm. And we never mm-hmm. see that we have some really outstanding things about ourselves that right. we start looking at and embracing and realizing that, there are some things that we do better than anybody else in this world. 
And you know what? Even if it's not better than anyone else in this world, as you just said, because it's rarely that, actually. That's right. I would agree with you. It's uniquely you. Yes. And you're better than most people or most people in your immediate group or whatever at some things and then worse at others. There's always this spectrum. You know, it's interesting. We can always find someone who's better than us. You know, unless unless we're at the top of the scale, like you were saying. (laughs) Yeah. And a few of us are at the top of the scale, but we don't need to be either. That's right. We don't need to be. Uh, Most, how many times have you met somebody and they were just totally cool and you loved them because they were totally themselves? They were their their own person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they didn't care that anybody else, uh, what anybody else thought about them being their own person. And they just kind of, right. I met this little kid once, my neighbor, I remember. And at five, he was his own person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain. but well, There's there was something, something very about, endearing about that, isn't it? Yes, there? yes. It's that genuine authenticity. And you know what? This carries over to adult life too. It, think about it. The people that you know that are truly authentic or genuine, you're just drawn to them. It's just like the five-year-old. There's something endearing about that. Like a moth to the flame. You just right. want to go there. Yeah. Except you don't get torched at the you end. Don't, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to get consumed <laughs> and you don't want to get burned. <laughs> but still, we can't help ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the moth can't help itself. And I suppose that if we, you know, if somebody could burn us, you know, that might happen. But that might be part of. Yeah. Well, that's the fear, I think. That's, yeah. it, it's that fear of, of being vulnerable. Because when you are real, it, it feels vulnerable. It does. It, it feels like other people are going to judge you the way you're judging yourself in your own mind, which rarely happens. That is absolutely right. And we tend to be our, as we were saying earlier, our own worst judges. Our own worst critic. Yeah. You know what? I have people all the time, Jeff, come in here and they'd say... Uh, you know, something about how they're afraid of what people are going to think of them, if this or that, or if they find out about this weakness or that flaw or whatever, you know, the things that they're judging themselves for. And it's an eye-opener to them sometimes when I let them know, hey, other people just aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are. <laughs> that is so disappointing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what a relief <laughs> too, right? And, and what a relief, depending on, you know, if you're a narcissist or not. <laughs> They're not busy judging you. They're but, busy judging themselves. And that's actually, you're absolutely right. And that's why you're the uh, psychologist and I'm the... <laughs> <laughs> but you nailed it, Jeff. And I think that you illustrated that nicely in your book too. Start with that. Start with just embracing who you are, where you are, yeah, what you are, how you are right now without changing anything. Accept that. And then you're on a firm ground where you can move forward because there's some stretching that can happen. That's, that's absolutely right. You know, the one of the hardest things I talk about in the book um, that was hard for me to come to terms with mm. was this uh, right brain orientation. I spent my life trying to be mm. this uh, left brain intellect. I, I wanted mm. to prove to the world and to myself. You went to law school, Jeff. I, I know. Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Don't hate me because of that. Love me <laughs> for it. I'm not judging you. You're <laughs> doing a good enough job of that. <laughs> See? A perfect illustration there you go. of what we all do. 
right here. But that's an example, maybe, how you you pictured this. Here's what I'm supposed to be, kind of a thing, and it left brain versus right brain. I mean, it is whatever it is. Embrace that and accept it. That's right. And when we do that, what's really exciting is that other people begin to do the same mm-hmm. with us as well. I have found that yeah. to the extent that we embrace ourselves and are comfortable with ourselves, regardless of what ourself may be, other people are as well. Right. Now, you will always find, and I can't always, I can't make generalizations because I always think, well, there's always the exceptions. Yes, sure. There's always the exceptions. Right. But as a really good rule, to the extent that you can accept yourself, other people are going to do the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. It, it creates an energy, I think. You know, as you accept yourself, it, it broadcasts something. We become like a people. light. And mm-hmm. like the light draws the moth, mm-hmm. so does that light draw other people to us. That's right. When we accept ourselves, we become like a light. Now, the, here's an interesting concept. And this is something that I feel so passionately about, Jeff, because it is what it is. We accept that. We get good with where we are right now. And then that creates an energy. What are we going to do with that energy? We're going to move forward. We're going to create an upgrade. So even though what is, is awesome, yeah. we have the power to go create something even better. And I would say, you say we move forward, and I say we grow. Right. Same thing. Either way, it's an upgrade. It is. And there are principles that determine your success in creating that upgrade, too. I think as we come back from this first break, Jeff, I want to dig into what a few of those principles are. Um, You've illustrated several of them in your book, and others might just occur to us on the fly. Perfect. But either way, we're coming right back. Look forward to it. heard the question a hundred times is the glass half empty or half full if we are in negativity mode we see the glass is half empty anyone can see it's half empty when we are feeling negative we focus on what is missing and lament the lack of water in the glass when we are feeling more positive we see the glass is half full of course it is half full anyone can see that we focus on what we desire and celebrate the presence of water then there are those who see it as completely full all the time These seemingly crazy people are not just positive, they are pathologically positive. Pathological positivity is an empowering mental supernormality that lifts us above the normal perception of reality. It is a higher level of thinking. We see the glass and our lives as completely full, even in the toughest situations. If you've enjoyed Live On Purpose Radio, then you will love Dr. Paul Jenkins' book on pathological positivity. Available now to order, visit pathologicalpositivity.com to get your copy today. That's pathologicalpositivity.com. Thank you for listening to Live on Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R. 
drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com Your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. Leo Buscaglia So, Jeff, think taller, right? That's one of your mantras. That's what you teach people. In fact, I think that's the title of your website, isn't it? It is. Yes. Think taller. Thinktaller.com. Yes. Thinktaller.com. And I'm now doing a monthly column in a magazine called Thinking Taller. Nice. That will uh, address issues about life and business in the state of Utah. It's in a business magazine, so I've got to keep it. On business topics. There you go. But you can still have fun with that. Oh, absolutely. Think taller. Interesting concept because, well, let's go back to your physical stature for a minute. You used that as an as an opener and, and kind of started off your book project with this idea, which has become an analogy or a metaphor for all kinds of other things in our life. Some things we can change, other things we can't. Probably important to determine which is which. Probably a good idea. And then get to work on the things that you can improve. But there are beliefs that get in our way, true? That is true. What have you learned about that? So one of the biggest uh, things that I think get in our way Mm -hmm. is fear. Probably no big surprise or no big revelation to everybody and everybody out there listening Mm -hmm. In a cyber world here is probably going, mm-hmm. yep, yep, I get that, I get that. <laughs> Jeff, you've had some some really powerful and somewhat crazy experiences. For for a guy who's typically not a thrill seeker, you've done some nutty stuff. Yeah, there's this thin veneer of conservatism that I put up. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, underneath, I'm, I'm probably, even as... As you can't see us, uh, but I'm, I'm dressed very conservative. I've yes. got the, the blue, solid the blue shirt. The khakis and the button-down down yes, shirt. Yes, Yeah. Yeah, but I will go and, and throw my body off, uh, you know, <laughs> things. I haven't parachuted, but I have walked on you fire. You ziplined recently. I ziplined recently. And walking on fun. fire. I read about that in your book. You and I have shared that experience. Yes. Yes. So I had the opportunity to do that. I had been working for a dot-com company back in the day of the big bubble, mm-hmm. and you know, raised millions, spent millions, and it was gone. Yeah, but, uh, right. I ran into a coworker who was a project manager on mm-hmm. the street one day, uh, a couple of months after we had closed our doors, and he started telling me about how he's involved in all this motivational and firewalking, and had I ever, had I ever seen a firewalk, and I had never seen a firewalk, and I thought, that's mm. really cool, and he says, you want to see one? And I thought, yes, I want to see a firewalk. And so he invites me. <laughs> I see where and, this is going. And he invites me to come to the firewalk, to see the firewalk. I'm thinking, to see the firewalk. To see. 
to the see firewalk. the firewalk. Well, it's uh-huh. held at a fire station. How ironic. How ironic. Uh, the, perfect. Yeah. And uh, walk in the door, and they start having us sign waivers. Ah. Liability waivers. And it hits me right You're like, then. Why would a spectator need one of these? Yeah. Spectators don't need. There are no <laughs> spectators at a firewalk. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> and, I only, and I thought, well, there's paramedics here at least. Yeah. Give you some level of comfort. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but actually raises your alarm level a little exactly, too. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, wow. yeah. So he took us through and I consented. <laughs> I, I consented and I did it. I went through this whole series of yeah. crazy stunts, putting an arrow against your throat and walking into a wall until the arrow breaks, you know, putting your hands behind uh. your back, walking on glass barefoot. Broken glass, yeah. very sharp, jagged, broken glass, uh, and oh, karate chopping a board. I have no karate experience, <laughs> but I broke. You're that not board. a martial arts yeah. expert. I'm not. I've watched martial arts movies though. <laughs> well, that should qualify you. <laughs> I think so. It was close enough. Things, so. things that seemed to be impossible. Exactly, and things that really induced a lot of fear. I was. Mm-hmm. I was shaking that night, and it wasn't because it was a cool evening. Mm -hmm. I was shaking and profusely sweating because I was afraid every step of the way. But as the instructor told us, and this is what really stuck with me from that experience, was he said that as we were about to walk through the inferno that we had created ourselves, Mm -hmm. you create your own inferno. You build the fire. Yeah, you build Mm -hmm. the fire and you get to walk on it. Uh, He said, if... It doesn't matter if you're scared or not. You probably are scared, but that's not the point. It's whether right. you believe you can do this or not. And he had just demonstrated for us that he could walk across the fire. Right. And so he said, you've seen it can be done, but the question is, do you believe you can do it or not? If you don't believe you can't do this, don't do it, because you're going to burn yourself. But if, even if you're afraid and you believe you can do this, then you'll be able to do this. And sure enough. The fear is only relevant in how it changes our behavior. Yeah. Um, The first time I I did the fire walk, Mm -hmm. I was was scared out of my mind. And I did it and got it over as quick as I could. Ah, you know, Mm -hmm. run, run, you know, through the the flames. Although, (laughs) it's a good idea to not run. (laughs) My facilitator told me, he said, fire runs become fire crawls. Those aren't safe. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We weren't told that. I just just remember I kept moving, you know, quick move, quick move, keep moving quickly. Uh And then he said, okay, anybody who wants to do it a second time can do it. And now, by this time, I had drank the Kool-Aid. I was all in. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm doing a second time. And right. not only that, but I'm going to do this and really experience it this time. Just I, I, know, I know I've done it once, and I got through. My feet are still fine. They're not burnt, and I'm fine. And so the second time I did it, I walked, and I, and I actually looked where I was putting my feet and I made sure I was stepping on orange glowing coals. Mm-hmm. And I slowed down so much that the instructor at the end of the end yells out to me and says, oh, don't slow down, hurry up. And, you know, hey I, hey, I signed my liability waiver. What, you know, what did he care? <laughs> I, right. I guess he did care, care that I, I got burned or not. But, that, but I made it a real experience and I found out, wow, it was amazing. And it's not what you thought. Yeah. What I could do when I really thought about it and put my mind to it and said, okay, I, I accept that I can do this. Mm-hmm. And now what can I do? 
And so I did. I, I walked through that second time slow. Yeah. And purposely. And I made it through again without being burnt to a crisp. Right. I I remember, Jeff, this is bringing back memories for me because as soon as I crossed the fire, the first thing that went through my mind was, what else? What else do I know for sure where I'm dead wrong about it? It's just my perception. Yeah. But what else? And and where in my life am I not walking? Am I not moving because of a belief that I have? I had a very a similar thought. And I thought, mm-hmm. what what else could I do if I just believed I could do it and started moving forward on it? Right. I it was amazing. I afterwards, which really mm. was very interesting to me, was afterwards I went to a party. My wife ha- didn't go to the firewalk with me, mm-hmm. but we had been invited to a, a party that night. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll catch up with you after I go see the firewalk. <laughs> little, <laughs> right. little did I know I'd be walking through it. So I got to the party and I, I smelled like a campfire. I think that. <laughs> You've been walking on fire. I'd been walk, yeah, I'd been walking through the fire. So I smelled like a campfire and I really stunk. Yeah. Uh, probably should have changed, but I didn't. Uh-huh. But I get there and. This is a party of a lot of people I know and friends and everything. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited. I am so excited. I had just walked on fire. You're I on can't fire. believe it. I am on fire. Yes, I'm a boy on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and so I come there and I say, guess what I did? I walked on fire and I did all this really amazing stuff. Right. And everybody looked at me and they said, huh, well, that's, that's interesting. Uh, there's a trick to it, isn't there? And they started, mm. they started, they weren't enthusiastic about the experience. Uh-huh. You know, I, I was like totally pumped up. And because they hadn't been there, because they hadn't experienced it, they just... They're trying to intellectualize it. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was, and it got me down. And I thought, dang, ah, it hasn't even been an Jeff. hour. It hasn't even been an hour. And, and here I'm, I'm met with this resistance. Yeah. And then I realized there's always going to be resistance. Always. And again, it's and skeptics a, and naysayers. And, and it's another choice point for us. Right. Do we listen to them or do we go with what we know? Even if it's something that we have just now realized, you know, because we carry these limiting beliefs with us and then boom, something happens where we get to break through that even for a moment. And it carries that, that enthusiasm that you were talking about. Wow, I can do this. What else can I do? Yeah, exactly. In fact, in, uh, maybe I put it best if I say it, but one of the chapters I say, yes, people are going to laugh at you. And That's I was right. addressing that very idea that mm-hmm. we may become excited about something. We may find a new belief. We may find a new way for us to grow. Right. And just be prepared for the people who are going to laugh at you. In that particular chapter, I talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about uh, an artist who uh, his friends laughed at him. Mm-hmm. And he went on then, it was Will Vinton, and went on to create the Claymations, which there was a number of uh, commercials and Oscars involved. And yeah. he created a whole new art form. It was brilliant, actually. It was. And he was a um, hometown Portland boy. Woo! All right. <laughs> Shout out to Portland, Oregon, to all you out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I lived in Wilsonville for a year. Ah, I know what you're talking about. So um, the point is that people aren't always going to see what you see or or understand what you understand. 
And that's a part of this experience that you should be aware of and realize is going to happen and decide mm-hmm. ahead of time, how are you going to deal with that? Because it probably will come up every once in a while. In fact, it's probably one of the bravest things you can do in addition to whatever else you've done that you've thought you've expressed some form of bravery in mm-hmm. is to keep your belief and enthusiasm in the face of others who may not see that. There's all, there's all kinds of reasons why that's true, Jeff. And it's those who persist in the face of that resistance who really achieve some remarkable things. And there will be naysayers. There will be people who say, oh, that can't be done. Well, the only reason they believe that is because it hasn't been done yet, or they haven't done it. Or they don't see, yeah, they haven't done it. They don't see what you see now. Sometimes we are those who do not see what somebody else sees right? until they show it to us. Just like the fire walk. I didn't see this possibility of walking on fire. I'd heard about it, and I've seen people do it and everything, but me do it? I, right. Until I had that experience myself. This is what changes the world. Mm-hmm. The reason that we're sitting in an office that is illuminated right now is because Thomas Edison thought, hey, we can create artificial light inside. And that was unheard of at the time. I've got an iPhone in my pocket because Steve Jobs said, hey, I think this is possible, even though other people didn't see it yet. So hang on to whatever dreams and beliefs you have and pursue those. Jeff, you've, you've illuminated some of the basic principles that allow people to do that. This little book, Somehow I Thought I Would Be Taller. Folks, this is worth reading, and it will get you started on a number of thoughts that could possibly help you walk across your own fires, break through your own barriers, and start growing in whatever ways are possible for you. Absolutely. Even, even if it doesn't mean you crossed out physically on the front. Finding the courage you need to grow personally, professionally, physically, and then that part's crossed out. Absolutely. Because uh, <laughs> that's gonna, you're going to have to eat some more vegetables or something for that. <laughs> so, Jeff, how do people find you the best? We mentioned your website, thinktaller.com. ThinkDollar.com, yes. What, what are they going to find there? So there you'll find a way to uh, get a hold of the book, if a little bit about myself and some of the other writing I've done. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also email me at grow at ThinkTaller.com. Grow at ThinkTaller.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Vanek, our amazing guest today at Live On Purpose Radio. You know what Woo-hoo. time it is. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Everybody go out there and live on purpose. Do some growing while you're at it. There you go. We'll see you. <laughs>